0: Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Today's message is Authentic Relationships. Now, here's Pastor Chris. All right, well... Good. Is it still? It's still morning. Good morning, everybody. How are you all doing? My wife sends her regards. Um, Just want to let you know for the next uh, most of this summer. um, uh, When I married my wife, there was an agreement. uh, Well, I don't know if it's an agreement, but um, uh, she uh, she would help her dad on the weekends at summer camp. So uh, he is, as many of you know, he's the elder Bob Wong, Pastor Bob uh and he helps run the summer camp and so she's helping him right now at least during the summer so she's going to try to come back here and there so if you don't see her please do not worry or stress we're still happily married um it's just you will not be able to see her she's helping her up up there okay but she sends her regards and uh hopes to see you soon let's begin father we thank you for the opportunity to gather together once again and we talk about community and relationships be with us now in Jesus name amen I'm very sorry that video didn't pop up but uh, I know probably some of you have maybe seen it before uh, some time ago um, if it works it works I love their story uh, they no longer uh, participate or compete at least that I know of because uh, Dick is now 79 years old And uh, Rick is 57, can you believe it or not? Um, But their story, Team Hoyt, has a lot of wonderful parallels that we as a church can learn about. You know, growing up, it was an accident. And uh, when uh, Rick was born, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck, which led to cerebral palsy. And at that point... The doctors said he 's never going to really progress, but he would follow his parents when they would move, and he would still respond in some way. His parents and especially his mother, fought for him to make sure that he would have the best, uh, the best treatment and the best opportunities, even to the point of when he, uh, when they got to high school, they made it uh, they were very adamant. That they wanted to make sure that he would be treated like everybody else and be able to get a good education, especially um, they wanted to make sure that uh, he could succeed in life. Come to find out, I didn't know it, but in 1993 he graduated with a bachelor's from Boston University in special education. When he was a child, they raised $5,000 so Tufts University could create a special computer that would be able to help communicate where he could, with, uh, with his chin, he could spell words with a, a joystick and click on it. Now, most kids, you know, uh, when, when they, they greet uh, their parents, you know, they say, hi, Mom or Dad, right? Now, Rick uh, is from Boston, and at the time, the Bruins were in the finals for the, the hockey championships. And instead of saying, hi, Mom, hi, Dad, his first words that he wrote were, go, Bruins. So clearly uh, a sports uh, a sports uh, 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 sports fiend. But when he was 15 years old, one of his friends—I uh, don't remember if he gotten hurt or whatnot—but um, there was a, a benefit, a, th- a 5K, which is three mile, a three mile run. And he told his dad, "Look, I want to make—I want to be able to help." So, given his own condition, he couldn't exactly run. And Dick wasn't a runner. He- away, he pushed his wheelchair for three miles and were able to raise money to help his friend. And it was at that point where, if you read, it was the first time in his life where he felt like he was not handicapped, where he was just like everyone else. But Rick couldn't do it without his dad. Rick was the driving force of wanting to do all of these things. And his father, Dick, who as the body helped propel them forward and together heart body as one they completed uh over 257 triathlons six of them were Ironmans. which do you know what a, uh, an Ironman man is it's a uh, it's a two mile 2.4 mile swim to warm up with 112 mile bike ride and then a marathon which is 26.2 miles and uh, early in the 2000s, maybe 2004 or 5, they were invited to go to Kona, the big World Triathlon Championship, and they were able to successfully complete that. Of that as well, <coughs> they also uh, completed seven half Ironmans, 72 marathons. Now, 32 of those were from the Ironmans, so really 40 additional. That's crazy. And in fact, at one point, um, uh, Dick wasn't a, a strong cyclist, but he could run. At one point, they did a 5K in 17 minutes. Okay, now that's fast. I'm barely, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I can do it within uh, maybe around 20 minutes, 21. All right, that's fast. And, as you can see as well, they rode across America 3,700-plus miles. It took them about, uh, I think, five or six weeks to be able to do a huge accomplishment, which is a bucklist of my own as well. I want to be able to ride around the country. Dick didn't plan on doing that. Didn't plan on doing any of these things. But Rick had a desire. And together as one, they worked together to accomplish all of these things. and the church as well, there's a lot we can learn about the relationship that they shared. Much like uh, Dick and Rick, they, they are a body. They worked as one. And the church as well, as scripture in 1 um, Corinthians chapter 12 It says, just as a body, though one, many parts, but all of its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Okay. All right. So... When you have, when you look at a body, there's many parts. You have the head, you have the hands, you have the skin, you have bones, you have ligaments. All of these things work together to create a body, right? Can you have a body without the heart? Can you have the body without a brain? Okay. Can you have a body without blood? Now all of these parts as well, we sometimes think, well, yeah, the heart's the most important because you need to have blood, but then wait a minute you've got to be able to have a brain to think. Each part of the body, though many parts are just as vital for the working uh, for the, for the body to work and function wholly. And much like the church as well, we're all part of the body of Christ even. Our fundamental belief says the church is one body with many members called from every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. As I look and I survey the audience, I can see many people coming from different parts of the world. All right, in Christ we are a new what? New creation. Okay, we are a new creation. Distinctions of race, culture, learning, and nationality, and differences between high and low, rich and poor, male and female, must not cause us to be divisive. We are all equal in Christ, who by one Spirit has bonded us into one fellowship with Him and with one another. We are to serve and be served without partiality or reservation. And through the revelation of Jesus Christ in the Scriptures, We share the same faith, hope, and reach out in one witness to all. This unity has its source in the oneness and triune God who has adopted us as his children. As a church, we are a body of believers. As individuals, we're one part's one body. No one part is better than the other. We're all dependent on one another, okay? And so God has called us to be one body. Interestingly, you know, I've read, in the Bible, read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Somebody pointed out to me, you know, Genesis begins with community. Because God, after God had created, as it says, after God had created the heavens and the earth and all the plants, all the trees and all the animals, God makes man and woman, right? And is God then, after he makes man and woman, then step back and just live let it as is? No, because we find that God communed with Adam and Eve. When we go to Revelation, the very last chapter, who is God with? God's people. We were created to be a part of community. And in community, we have relationships. And in relationships, to, in order to have relationships, you have to have what? have to have communication, right? I love my wife, but if I never talked to her, would we have a relationship? It'd be a horrible relationship. She wouldn't know what I thought. She wouldn't know what I think, what I liked, what made me happy, what upset me. In order to have a thriving, authentic relationship, we have to be able to communicate. And so, church is like a body. And yet as well, when we get people together, I know some of the things that I'm, I'm talking about we've already discussed in the last Six Seven weeks, but there 's a point that i 'm leading to, so if uh, forgive me if I, I sound like i 'm being redundant there 's a point to this. But when we come to relationships and community, we also find that it 's easy for us to perhaps even realize that we don 't always agree. Can I get an amen? amen all right, even in church, we disagree that 's okay because sometimes it 's good that we disagree. Because if we don't disagree, we all thought the same. Is it possible that it will be harder for us to grow? You know, when we grow the most, when we grow the most is when we are also challenged. Because other people, they may have a different idea and it's here in the body of Christ that we share and we grow, we study, we grow together. Unfortunately, sometimes though, In our relationships, we also realize that when we disagree, we also get very passionate, right? And sometimes we think, I am right and you're wrong. Now, especially, I've noticed, I never thought I would get to this point, uh, at least this quickly, but I've been in the church quite a while. I'm a musician. I love to play music. I've always helped lead uh, worship. But about maybe three to five years ago, I had this horrible realization that I'm getting older and I don't like the younger people's music as much. <laughs> All right? Especially when it comes to worship music. I grew up with uh, bands such as Delirious, uh, you know, um, growing up in the church, and I thought that was awesome and it's great music, and it still is. And then Hillsong comes around, Passion and Chris Tomlin, and yeah, they're good musicians. They didn't really, Nyeh. But the kids were excited. They wanted to play these songs. I thought, man, these songs are lame. <laughs> Come to find out, though, when I started, I begrudgingly, I didn't say anything, okay? Because I didn't want to be the bad pastor who poo everything, right? I wanted to work with and learn and grow. Come to find out, though, that as I I saw their passion and the way they played and the way they grew, they developed. I could see God working in their lives. And pretty soon, all those songs that I just thought were meh, I started singing in the middle of the week and I thought, man, that's really awesome. Oh, that's a really great guitar solo. And pretty soon, all of a sudden, those songs of theirs became my favorite songs as well. But if I had stuck to my guns and I said, no, I'm not going to play those things. My songs from my time are better. Now, I have a bias towards that, okay? I'm going to admit that. I'm freely going to admit that. But that's okay. But I needed to progress and I needed to grow. And sometimes as a church, we forget that we're always growing. An organism has to move forward and it has to progress. If we stay the same... Can we have growth? No, in order for that to happen as well, we have to have some freedom and deference because everybody has their ability to make their own conclusions, right They can read through scripture, they can make their own conclusions now we as a body we 've come together we 've agreed you know we, we have some uh, we have twenty eight core fundamental beliefs that we share right, and we have voted we, we, we have a church. We are an official church. We're here. We're part of the Downey SDA Church. You all have been uh, we're members here. We've been baptized. We've been voted in. And when we when we come to uh, dealing with uh, things in the church as well, when there's decisions that need to be made, we can uh, we can choose to bring it either in a board or, if necessary, in a church business uh, meeting, right? And, and as we grow and as we learn together and as we study together, we can draw uh We may not always see eye to eye, though. We all have the ability to choose and think and believe what we we, we feel convicted of, right? But yet as well, together, when we work together, we also at times sometimes may have to defer and let our own personal, uh, personal preferences and defer in order to help grow the church. If I'd kept my own personal preferences of Delirious and Sonic Flood, then we would have been playing the same songs from 1999. All right? How long ago was that? It was 20 years ago, right? So as awesome as they may be, we have to grow and progress. Being in a church also means we also have freedom and deference. Every member is a valuable asset to the church, as I talked about earlier as well. We all have a part to play. We all have different talents. We all have different gifts. Okay, I can preach, eh. uh, but I love to listen to people. Some of you, Bill and the team, wonderful musicians, right? We also have people as well who know how to host, who know how to cook, who, who know how to do different things that I have either A, no capa- capacity to, nor honestly, sometimes I really don't have a desire for it. And that's okay, because God has created us all to come together to be one church. And as well, as Travis and I pointed out last week with chopsticks, there is strength in numbers, right? Right? Strength in numbers. But all relationships as well, they require love. And they require honesty. And sometimes honesty, it's hurt because they're telling the truth. But when we share that honesty, are we going to be a jerk about it? No. Because we can still tell somebody if we truly care and love them, we can still go to them and tell them, hey man, I just, look, I'm concerned. Is everything okay? Or, hey man, choices you're making, are they the most healthiest for you? But yet when we come to them as well, it's not like we're going to come in and tell them. We have to earn that opportunity because if they don't respect us and they know they don't know that we truly care and love them, then it's just going to go over their heads. You have to earn that op- that conversation you have to earn the patience and the respect now when there are challenges and this is going to be my modus operandis, right mo when we're dealing with differences and when we're dealing with challenges i always go to matthew 18 if your brother or sister sins go and point out their fault just between the two of you if they listen to you you have won them over But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen, even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, sometimes along the way, In our conversations, we may get very passionate, we may get strong, or we just straight-up disagree. And sometimes misunderstandings happen, or sometimes, to be frank, we've been wronged, whether intentionally or not. And the first step as we move forward, when there are challenges and there are differences, we need to make sure that if our brother or sister has wronged us, we have to go to them alone. There's two uh, There's two reasons for this. Number one, we need to be able to give that person the opportunity to be able to help explain. Sometimes, hey, they may have said something, maybe it's a cultural issue, and they have no idea that something is very valuable, means something very valuable to you, and they, they just they don't get it. It gives them an opportunity to save face. Whereas if somebody just went out and told everybody, well, somebody said this, this, and this. It doesn't give them an opportunity to be able to explain. And as well, give them the courtesy and the privacy as well to be able to point out. When you've been told you've done something wrong and three or four other people also hear it at the same time, does that make you feel good? It doesn't. It makes you feel humiliated and embarrassed, right? Whereas if your brother or sister comes to you and say, hey man, look, I just I have a concern. I want to share something with you. I just Are we seeing eye to eye? It's a benefit to both of you. And if that doesn't work, then bring somebody in that you both trust. So bring one or two respected witnesses, maybe an elder or somebody that can help you through this process. And if that doesn't work, then we go to the larger body or the organization. And if that doesn't work, then we treat them as a pagan or a tax collector. Now, up until a couple of years ago, I'd struggled with this passage, that last line, treat them as a pagan or a tax collector. When when we automatically think pagan or a tax collector, we think we just automatically, it's a negative connotation and we have to judge them, right? But actually, we flip that around and when we say, when we treat them as a pagan or a tax collector, we look at the situation as we start from the very beginning as if they don't know anything, and we build up and we start from the bottom, and we build up and we grow. As if they don't know anything about the church, they're they're an unbeliever, and we start and we treat them with love and empathy, and we start from the very beginning. Because we always assume, you know, Pastor Chris, you've been in the church for 38 years, 39, 40, 50 years. Or 32. I think I just gave something away. All right, okay, let's just, like, I'm 38. I know a lot of you are wondering, how old am I? I'm 38 years old. All right, now you know. Okay, I was trying to keep that uh, classified, but you guys are good, too good. Okay, I'm 38 years old. Uh, and I totally lost my point. <laughs> um, starting over, I don't know everything. Right? I don't know everything. I'm going to be the first to admit that. And if I mess up, please. If I say something and I offend you, please come let me know. All right? And that's something that we should all be doing. Go to your brother and sister alone and hopefully that way, you will hopefully be able to win your brother or sister over. We do it in love. And as we work together as a body where the ears and the eyes and the mouth, the knees, the toes, the skin, the heart, the organs, all collectively work together. May we Work together as one. If we fail to work together as a team, it's going to lead to friction and disunity, low morale. But if we work together as one, there is strength, a camaraderie as we build together. Again, there is strength in numbers and especially when we are led by the Holy Spirit. God can do wonderful, amazing things. But if Pastor Chris is on Pastor Chris's program, Pastor Chris is going to fail. Pastor Chris is under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Anything's possible with God. So may we run together. May we run the race together as one. Father in heaven, Lord, as we move forward, Lord, together as a church, May we be one body working together as one. And Lord, where we have our differences, help us to solve them, Lord, through your principles of Matthew 18. But Lord, above all, though, I know that even having been here, Lord, uh, I I, I love this church and that, Lord, they are so loving and kind. So may we continue to be faithful, faithful witnesses to you wherever we go, in our work, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, and Lord, above all, may others see you through us only because of you working through us, that all things are possible. They may find a Savior who loves and died for them and will truly desire to accept and share you with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www. DowneyChurch.org. God bless.